Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. I know we typically will stand and we'll, we'll read in, in honor of the Lord's word, but we just sing. We, we sang the word. So I want to read our opening verse and text to you. We've been, we've been saying it in this series, God's Dream. Psalm 105, 19. You go ahead and turn your Bible there. We'll have it on the screen too. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Let's say that together. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. We've been in this series for several weeks now, and we've seen the reality that God gives dreams. God is the giver of vision. He gives us a vision of our future. He gives, us, he gives it to us in part and in full at times. And he gives us these visions. He gives us these dreams. What we recognize, and even through the story of Joseph, that without our, te- without our character, your dreams without character will crush you. So God allows us space. He allows us time from when he gives us a vision till we see this vision or this purpose in our lives, this destiny that he had planned for us. There is a series of tests we see even in the life of Joseph, many of the tests that we'll face ourselves in in our lives. And we've gone from the pride test when Joseph first had the dream of his family bowing to him and he jacked that all up. And his brothers sold him into prison or sold him uh, into uh, slavery, and he ended up in a pit. We saw the pit test, and from the pit test, we saw the uh, palace test. How do you operate or what do you do when you are in a place of needing to be able to steward another man's possessions? We go from the palace test to the purity test, the opportunity, the temptation that was presented to him. By Potiphar's wife, he was able to flee that and pass that test, but he ended up in prison. How do we respond? That's what we talked about last week, the prison test and the prophetic test. How do we respond? When life locks us up, will we just be inward facing? Will we say, woe is me? Or will we do like Joseph did? And he recognized the countenance on the cupbearer, if you remember, and the baker. He saw that they had a dream that they were disturbed. He was outward facing. We see the prophetic test. How will we respond to God's word? Will we make sure we recognize that it is God that needs to remember us in those moments, in those prison moments? So the prophetic test. So we're going to move into another test today. And we see in this test today, I'm going to tell you what it is in just a minute. But for the last kind of five or six different tests, they were really all a response to be able to say, what do you do when bad stuff happens? When life throws you lemons, how do you make lemonade? Come on, somebody. That's, that's what we've seen in this text. How do we respond when injustice happens in our life, when things don't go the way that we think that they should go? God gives us a dream. He gives us purpose. He gives us a future, and then life falls apart. Come on, how many can attest to some of that? Come on, somebody. But what we see is a pivot moment here where all of a sudden God takes and he makes good on the vision and the dream that he gave to Joseph. One day he was sitting in prison. The very next day he's brought into uh, the presence of Pharaoh. So that's what we're going to talk about today. He interprets the dreams of the, uh, the cupbearer and the baker. Time comes to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He's met with the next test. And time would fail me 
to go through the whole text, I would encourage you read through chapter, the end of chapter 40, read chapter 41, and you'll see the dream that Pharaoh had, the dream of seven healthy cows coming out of the Nile, and then seven sickly cows coming up after it and devouring these healthy cows. And in the same way, there were seven plump, full, beautiful heads of grain that were uh, followed by seven uh, 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 sickly, uh, blighted grains that came in, and they choked out uh, the, the, the healthy grain. And we see Joseph interpret the dream and, and say what this represents. He tells Pharaoh, prepare for seven years of plenty. The abundance will be there. You will have seven years of plenty followed by seven years of drought. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. He interprets this dream. And I'm going to be reading in Genesis 41, 33 through 43, and in old church, we used to, I mean, you had to bring your Bible to church. Come on, we didn't have smartphones, hey now. And we didn't have all this. We had like little overhead projector. Come on, somebody with the little plastic thing. That was, that's what it was, y'all, uh, like millennials and Gen Zers. Like, be grateful. Come on, somebody. <laughs> stop. Genesis 41, 33 through 43. Now, therefore, again, Joseph he interprets this dream. Pharaoh's like, well, what do I do? And Joseph says, well, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven years and the seven plentiful years. Let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities. And let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. Verse 37, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? And let me just stop there because I find it so fascinating that in each instance, whether it was the, whether it was Potiphar or whether it was the prison guard or whether it's Pharaoh, all unrighteous, ungodly people that can see a difference in this man, Joseph. And my brothers and sisters, in these days, it's important that it's not just only Christians that can see the spirit of God in us. Come on, somebody. That people that are far from God, that don't know God, can see something different in our lives. They were able to see this. He was able to see this and Joseph, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, well, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house. All my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you all over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him in garments of fine linen, he put some bling around his neck. Come on, somebody. And he made him, a ride. He made him ride second chariot. And check this. And they called out before him, bow the knee. This is evidence now that this is turned. There's evidence now. Remember, Joseph's dream was that my family would bow down to me. This is the evidence now that's set before Joseph. Thus, he set him over the land of Egypt. And I want to unpack this text a little bit. But before I do, I, I, I just want, I want to make light of something that here Joseph, he had a moment where he's brought before Pharaoh. In a moment of obedience, Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh, but then he provides a strategy. 
See, God doesn't just help us point out problems. He gives us the power to come up with solutions. Hey, now, someone needs to hear that. He doesn't just, anybody can find problems. Somebody say amen. But it is God that gives us the power to provide solutions. Many will teach this text and they'll say, Joseph was promoted because he interpreted a dream. And I don't believe that. Joseph was promoted because he provided a strategy. You want to know how to get promotion on your job? Don't just identify problems. Help provide solutions to those problems. Come on, somebody. I've had the pleasure and privilege of being able to oversee our staff for a couple of years. And oftentimes, they'll, they'll come and they'll say, Pastor Phil, we got a problem. We, there, there's this thing I identified, and, and we got to fix this. And I'm just bringing it before you because, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're in leadership. You're supposed to fix all the problems. And I say... Well, the same spirit of God that's in me is the same spirit of God that's in you. And maybe he's, a point, he's helped you identify the problem because within that, he's given you the solution to that problem and he'll give you the power to that solution. Does that make sense? Anybody can point out problems. God allows us to provide solutions. He was promoted because he provided a strategy. So he's confronted with this next test, the test that you and I will face. Every one of us will face this test. And I alluded to it before as y'all sat down and sang the 90s song. This is the power test. What do you do when life throws you lemons, you make, you make lemonade, but what do you do when things start working out really good for you? How you respond to good times is just as important as how you respond to bad times. God's blessings, if we're not careful, if we're not positioned right, if our character is not in the right place, they will crush us. So we see this in this text here. We see this opportunity, this influence that is opened up to Joseph. He was sleeping in a prison cell the night before. They say, quickly bring him to the palace. He gets shaved. He, get, he puts on good clothes, and it's in the text. You can see all that, and he gets set before Pharaoh opportunity, a door opens for him. And here's the first point. There's three points. And Pastor Josh, typically, and myself, when we preach, we have, we used to both play basketball. And so I just, we like to say we shoot threes on the weekend. We just, we got three points. That's what I got. So, okay. So here we go. Here we go. I'm going to give you three points. I'm going to give you the first one. Here's the first point. The power of God, influence that God gives us, it cannot be earned or bought, only received. Hey, now. We see this. Verse 33, this is amazing here. Joseph, he provides a strategy. He says, now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land. And just as a part of the power test, the character test, if you will, is when the door of opportunity opens for you, will you be the one to promote yourself or will you allow God to promote you? Come on now. This is important. Joseph had every reason, every ability to say, you know what? Here's what you should do, Pharaoh. Appoint me. Put me in charge because I got the answers to figure this out. He rather says, this is what Pharaoh should do. Appoint a man. And then God, Pharaoh, standing in proxy of God, says, you know what? Who will we find that has the spirit of God? Let me promote you. This is important for us because when we feel like we've, when we've earned our place of influence, it will be us that will be needed to sustain that. But when God provides an opportunity of influence, it's God's responsibility for him to sustain that. Do y'all get that? When we earn 
when we step into a place, it's important that we allow the Lord to open these doors of opportunity. Verse 39 and 41, or through 41, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning as wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of Egypt, an unrighteous ruler. He stands in proxy for God. He appoints Joseph to rule over the land. A slave finds himself in a position to receive a level of power that was typically only reserved for people of high esteem. He didn't earn this position by earthly standards. It didn't make sense. But God had a plan. God had walked Joseph through a series of tests. He had walked him through a season. It's said that it's some 14 years that Joseph had from the time he had the dream to this moment where he had an opportunity to step into the destiny. And I just want to stop and encourage somebody today. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Somebody needs to hear that. Do not grow weary in well-doing while life may be crazy and everybody around you seems like they're getting after it and getting advancement and being blessed and you feel like you are sitting in a prison. I want you to know today that the power of God, the influence of God, the opportunities can be opened up suddenly. Be encouraged, my sister. Be encouraged, my brother online. So can't be bought, can't be earned. I'll tell you about this. This joker named Simon in the Bible. Simon the sorcerer, he's identified in. Sorcerer, just, he was uh, maybe what we would call a magician. You look in Acts chapter 8, I'll go there in a second. But this man who saw the disciples, they saw Peter, and he saw the, the, the other disciples of Jesus, and he saw that they were laying their hands on people, and they were being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they were being set free. And Simon says, ooh, I want some of that power. Let me get some of that. So we pick this up. In verses 18 through 20 in the NLT, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, (laughs) he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. See, many of us, we, we, we don't think that maybe it, the, the power of God can be bought, but oftentimes we think it can be earned. Let me have this power too. And let me just encourage you that there is desiring to have the power of the Holy Spirit so people can be set free. It's a good godly desire. But at times, and it, let me just share one of the things that the Lord has been working out in me. For, 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 for a time, I've said, man, I want to be influential for Jesus, and, and that's a godly desire. I, I want to I be influential. I want to have influence. But what can happen in this comparative-laden culture that we're in is, be, is we can look out and we could say, oh, I want influence, but then we could look on Instagram and say, well, this person has that. I want what they have. And then all of a sudden, influence and power becomes the goal and not pursuing Jesus in his presence. When we pursue Jesus in his presence, listen, brothers and sisters, Christians, this is the goal of us is that we conform to the likeness of Jesus. When that is our goal, 
Influence happens. Come on, somebody. When we receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit, power comes. It's like putting the cart before the horse. We need to be about our Father's business in this season, y'all, and we need to stand in a place of pursuing Jesus, laying down any selfish ambition and saying, Lord, I'm going to come after you. And as we do that, as we seek the kingdom first in his righteousness, Matthew 6, 33, all these other things will take care of themselves. Be encouraged, y'all. Let's seek his face together in these days. Psalm 75, 6 through 7. Promotion. This is King James KGV version. So I got some TH, THs in there. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge God putteth down one, setteth up another. We see this with Joseph. The power of God is for an appointed time in our life. Having passed these previous tests, Joseph was in the right place at the right time to receive the power that God had destined for him. Y'all still with me? All right, second point. The power of God is not just for us. Come on, somebody. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. Go ahead, tell them, it's not about you. Come on, <laughs> on Mary Couples. It's like, it's not about you. <laughs> like, see, I told you. That's a word from the Lord. I told you last night, it's not about you. <laughs> the power of God is not about us. We can reap some of the benefits of it, but it's not just about us. We see in this text what the power of God is designed to do, why God places us in places of influence, positions of authority and power. Genesis 41, 34 through 36, let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land. This is, this is Joseph's strategy. Take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt. And this is why we receive the power of God. This is why Joseph, uh, J Joseph's vision was coming to pass. It was so that the land may not perish through the famine. From a kingdom perspective, we receive positions of influence not so we can become rich. Hey now. We receive positions of power and influence not so we can become insta-famous. Come on, young people. We receive positions of power not so we can tell people what to do, but we receive positions of power. We receive godly influence and opportunities so that the land may not perish through the famine. And while in this day there was a physical famine taking place and Joseph was representative of a savior and be able to provide a solution to the physical ailment, the physical famine of the day, I want you to know that today, even in America, in these days that we live in, that there is a spiritual famine. There is a spiritual famine. And if I can give you a definition of famine, I felt like as I was just studying this week, the Holy Spirit just said, hey, this is what a famine is. This is the context of a famine. A famine is the absence of God's provision. The absence of God's provision. There's a famine. We see it in, our, in these days of peace. It's a famine, purpose, of 
joy, selflessness, unconditional love, wholeness. There's a famine in the land. There's a spiritual famine in the land. But here's the good news. Jesus was God's answer for the famine in the land. Jesus was God's provision for the spiritual famine that would exist in the hearts of man, that would exist in the nations of the world. Jesus was God's provision for humanity. God places us in positions of power to exercise his power so we can have everything that we've ever wanted in life. No, it's so that the world would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is why he opens up the doors. God, he sets a foreigner let me just buy a show of hands real quick, and online you can do this too, but how many people grew up here in Southwest Florida? Raise your hand. Come on. That's like 8% at best. He places us in, 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 in arenas, in, in, in positions. He gives us opportunities. He, 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 we see a foreigner, Joseph, he's a Hebrew man, now is set second command in this place that he is not native to. You know, Hebrews 13, 14 tells us this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But as sojourners in a foreign land, God desires to raise us up and to give us positions of influence so we can see a godly order be established. His kingdom come, his will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. This is why he opens the doors of opportunities. Amen? It's the third point. The power of God has a redemptive purpose. I'm going to get excited in a second. God's power received in our life, it's restorative by nature. It's a moment when God redeems us. We see this with Joseph. Places us in a position that God desired for us to be in all along, he was just waiting for our character to come into check. He was waiting for us to go through these different tests. And here's what I want to tell you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The power of God restores us to a place of sonship. Whew. Because that is the desire of God. That's been his plan for us all along, is that we would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and we would be seated rightfully as sons and daughters in his kingdom, as ambassadors. Amen? Genesis 41, 41 through 42. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand clothed him in garments of fine linen, put a gold chain about his neck. Signet ring, garment, put a chain around his neck. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? A couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of being able to share on the prodigal son. We see this story that Jesus told of this father restoring his son 
restoring him back to his rightful place in the family. And we see this evidence, we see the shadow of that story in this story. We see God's redemptive purpose being lived out in Joseph's life. We see this signet ring that represents authority. It represents the power associated with the throne. We see fine linen, which represents righteousness, purity. And uh, man, I wish I had time to just even go into that a little bit more, that, that, that this fine linen was something that the Egyptian people would look at and say, wow, that, that person's of a kingly order. But it's something that the priests wore, that the Hebrews would be able to look at and say, that person is of a priestly order. And we know that Jesus is our high priest. We also know he's the king of kings and lord of lords. So we see representation of Joseph in a shadow and a prophetic vision of what a savior would look like. That might be a little bit too much Bible for y'all to handle, but that's good. That's good news right there. We see this being lived out, savior. And then gold chain. When we look at the prodigal son, we, we just see, we see he, he got sandals. Come on, somebody remember? Remember he got the air Jesuses? Remember that? Come on. <laughs> we got the air Jesuses. Joseph got a gold chain. If we recall within the Hebraic community that only sons wore sandals. So, so in that time, that was a way you could distinguish that somebody was a son and not a slave. As I dug into this, historically, all ancient Egyptians wore jewelry with the exception of slaves. God's redemptive purpose, he opens the door, and even you see this, he closed him with a garment, fine linen, representing righteousness. You remember when he, he had the dream and he was thrown into a pit. They took his nice, shiny, beautiful color, colored coat. They took it from him, the one his father gave him. That garment was stripped from him. Then he was restored to a place partially in Potiphar's house, and he had a garment. And we see when he fleed Potiphar's wife, that garment was left behind. But when he gets into Pharaoh's house, God stands and says, I am going to restore you. I'm going to give you the influence. I'm going to give you the power, not so you can hoard it all for yourself and so you can rule over people, but so that the land may not perish because of the famine. Joseph was sold into slavery by his earthly brothers, but he was brought out by his heavenly father. Joseph had the dream. Joseph had a dream. He had a dream of his family bowing before him. Joseph was thinking about his family bowing before him, but God was thinking about a nation that needed to be saved. You think you came to Southwest Florida for a good retirement? <laughs> well, you may have come here and the 90% the of us that are not from here, and we think that God has positioned us here just so we can get some good vitamin D and we can live in a nice house. Maybe that's a part of your dream, but God is thinking about the person that you're going to meet at Publix or the person that you're going to meet in your pickleball group or whatever you do. And he's thinking about the person that's far from Jesus that you would develop a relationship with that they would not perish, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is why the Lord brought you to Southwest Florida, y'all. Why? Because there's a famine. And you, like Joseph, can be a part of the solution to the famine that exists in our day. 
If you've been around me any period of time, you'll hear me say this. God doesn't call you from one place to another place. He calls you from one people to another people. God is constantly mindful of the souls on this earth. All the other stuff, that's just, that's just like, just blessing. That's just awesome. I mean, you, you get to live in a place that's sunny. It's beach down the street. Oh, that, that, that's great. But God's intentions is that we, as we are restored, as we receive his power, that we would partner with him and that we would go after the one. We would leave the 99. We would leave our place of comfort in whatever context that the Lord has given us, that we would move into a place of influence to reflect his goodness, to reflect his power, I want you to stand. Go ahead and stand. And I may have left out those that grew up here in Florida. (laughs) God has kept you here for a purpose. You think you're staying here just so you can be close to family, so you can get free rent. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But God is thinking about the harvest. Hey, y'all want to know something? There are more U-Hauls coming across the state line of Florida than anywhere else in the country. <laughs> you may say, well, yeah, I get it because it's, it's hot and DeSantis is doing a great job and, and, and there's all these different things you may say, why, why, why you think that that's happening? I, oh, Lord Jesus. Here's the Lord's, here's my burden for this weekend is that we would receive the impartation and the power of the Holy Spirit. Florida, I've heard it said that that Southwest Florida, it used to be a place for newlyweds and nearly deads. Come on, somebody. That's pretty jacked up, actually. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Joseph, he passed the character tests. And God found a laborer. He found one who was ready to stand in, provide solutions, to provide the answers, to point to his God. Even when asked to give an interpretation of a dream, he said, I can't do it. But there is a God in heaven who can do it. I want you to bow your heads. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. God, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters that they will receive your power Jesus' name. I want to share another thought with you. So I think this is an important one. In Deuteronomy 8.18, and we're going to go into a moment of worship. Deuteronomy 8.18. I love this verse. So you shall remember the Lord your God. Why? Because it's he who gives you the power to get wealth. He doesn't give you just wealth. He gives you the power to get it. Why does he give us wealth? Why does he give us power? It's that his covenant may be established. While we're talking about 
Joseph, this is a shadow of the promise of a new covenant, of a Savior. And our Savior left us a covenant that he would send a helper. He was in the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, my friends, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Come on, somebody. The Bible calls him a, a comforter, a helper. I don't know about you. I don't want help from somebody that's weird. You know what I'm saying? Come on. But if you're here today and you need to receive the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been saved for some time. Maybe you've been baptized in water, but you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, uh, I, I want you to know that there is power that we receive. You will receive power on high. What we're going to do is we're going to posture our hearts. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And you, if you need prayer and you need to impartation, even maybe you're a believer, you've received the Holy Spirit, but you say, I feel like I'm lacking in the power and you just want someone to come in agreement with you. Don't miss this opportunity, y'all. This is an appointed time for you to receive God's power. That this, what this weekend was designed to do for you to be able to receive that which can't be bought, to receive that which can be earned. And just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We're going to sing that out, and I would invite you forward. If you need prayer, come down at any moment. We want to pray with you. But for the rest of us, come on, let's lift our voice. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Let's just praise him right now. Come on, let's sing out, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on, if you need prayer, come forward, don't wait. Come forward right now. I wanna pray a blessing over you. Did y'all get something out of this today? Did the Lord minister to you? Amen. Come on, would you lift your hands? Let me pray a blessing over you. Come forward if you need prayer. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, it's not from the east nor the west nor the south, but promotion comes from you. So God, I pray that as we leave here, we would take your word, your promises, Lord, and we would by faith, bury those in our hearts that they would bear fruit in due season. God, thank you for my friends today. Lord, you love them with an unending love. I'm thankful that your mercies are new every morning. Let your face shine upon them as the noonday as they go through this week, that they would seize every moment. They would seize every opportunity and every door you are opening so that that the land may not perish because of the famine. God, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us and not just on us. Bless my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.